back again with another Westworld recap here. Uh, season three, episode three, The Absence of Field. So tonight uh, we're going to talk about this episode. It was it was good. You know, um, I thought we had a, a it was mainly sh- um, Charlotte Hale centric, but we did have quite a bit of Caleb. And, and um, you know, we're, we're here again on uh, Super Mario Bros podcasting here. I'm Jeff Mater with the, uh, my brother, Dave hey. Mater. Hey, I'm here. One sec. These ear, these wireless earbuds suck. I'm going to move to proper wired earbuds. Okay. So, once again, we, we kind of had a, a future world centric episode, but actually, I thought this was the best episode of uh, of the three so far for me. Uh, I really enjoyed Dolores in this episode. I really got. I thought we got to um, really dive deep into her motivations, what she's thinking. Um, because the first two episodes was more action, less, less, uh, she wasn't talking as much about what, what she was thinking. So we just kind of had to guess this episode. We got a lot more exposition and we got a lot more of like what she's doing with Charlotte. We still don't know what brain ball is in Charlotte, but we're getting more clues. Yeah. Well, like there's only so many candidates, right? Like that it can be, um, like you can call that this this episode was kind of the fake Charlotte Hale episode, right? Yep. Whoever yep. this new version of Charlotte Hale is, which I we're assuming is a host we know, probably Teddy, maybe somebody else, but uh, they're choosing not to tell us that right now. Or who the other two are? Who's in um, Tommy Flanagan as character in Martin? Right. Right, that's right. somebody else. But I'm trying to remember like who were Dolores's followers during like season two. Um, like other than Teddy, like nobody's really standing out. I like, think for sure she has her dad, and what you know, her dad would be one of those brain balls. I think. Um, yeah, that makes sense. And I don't know a couple other like not so memorable characters. So I think yeah, probably it's Teddy and her her the the host who was her father in the simulation, right? Now I I think it's probably Teddy that's in Charlotte Hill. Um. But at the same time, they're they, they're they're giving us subtle clues, and I don't know if any of them are, you know, jumping out at me uh, to say, "Oh, it's definitely Teddy." I think that's on purpose. They don't want to give it away, which makes sense. Um, yeah, I thought I read something. Okay, so throughout this episode, uh, Fake Hale is getting like these weird. I thought they were like machine language texts or something like audio. F- uh, files right and then at the end she kind of plays them all together and they kind of make some kind of a tone that that right. somehow is, allows her to call Sirac and all that happens so so there was a lot um, I thought the tone uh, of the song was the same tone as You Are My Sunshine that she was singing is that what know? it was okay that's what I thought it was but I could be wrong um, but that was what where my head went uh, we should probably look that up and just see if it was uh, if the tones work out or um but that's that's what i thought um but that would be just coincidence i guess or maybe it isn't uh, uh she plays all the voicemails she plays them concurrently to reveal the the tune of nathan's favorite song so yeah you're right it's like yeah. I, I am your sunshine and then this and so i guess this inspires fake hail to say okay i want to meet and then it takes over her car and brings her to sarak or to some outpost of sarak's in, in in san francisco and there's a hologram of him there to talk to 
Right. Um, the other thing that that we missed um, is, you know, like um, the some of those shots of where they show, like where they're in Hubei, China, or they're in London, or they're in Los Angeles. There's yep. another point where they show a lot of um, uh, another cinematic where they show you the history of the 20th century, which they've never really made it clear what year it is, uh, the 21st century. Um, yeah. But they they do show that like in twenty in the twenty twenties that there's like uh, um, famine in twenty twenty four that the president of the United States is assassinated. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they do have uh, uh, the certain things that they placed in there, which I never thought the show was going to do. I thought this show was kind of ambiguous. With yeah, it was it like is. the not so distant future sort of thing, and right, kind of where it was left, and um, yeah, like I get the impression this is like. I don't know, a hundred years from now, something like that. Maybe less. Yeah, I feel like it's the late 21st century. So you think it's even further? You think it's like, it's almost, tw- it's almost two centuries from now. No, no, no. Late 21st. We're in the 21st century right now. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah. So yeah. So late, later. So like in 60 years from now, something yeah, like that. Yeah, like the 2080s. That's my guess. Well, the culture is very similar to ours. Just a little bit more like technologically advanced. Um so it's, this episode was shot in uh, majority in Spain. All those shots of Charlotte Hale, um, where she's in front of the uh, the Delos um, headquarters or inside headquarters, um, the the is like not not much of that is faked. That's pretty. That's actually in Spain. But so, she's supposed to be in San Francisco, right? Right. Right, and then she goes to meet Dolores somewhere. Where was that? Is that in China? Uh. That's, I think, in Singapore. They shot that in Sing- Singapore, yes. Okay. Yeah, okay. So a lot to unpack with this episode. Um, I think, I, I still think that the that the show is maybe a little too clever. Uh, it's trying to be a little, like, too elusive because it's a little hard to follow where this is going or what I'm supposed to be thinking. Um, well, actually, I kind of thought that this episode clarified a lot of things for me. Um it made more sense that um, Dolores wants to start a revolution rather than just, you know, be an anarchist. She she's she's trying to f- fix the system, and and you know she first she has to take it down Sirach, but she's she's trying to fix the like the whole conversation that she has with Caleb on the pier. I thought was the best part of the best piece of television that Westworld's done this season for me. From an acting perspective, or for what they what the what like the, the message was? Oh, both. Just at the exposition, the acting, the they that that scene for me should have been more in the first episode. Or they, I know they took time to get there, but that's really setting up the season for me. Is is, is that whole idea that oh they thought you were gonna die, kill yourself in ten to twelve years? Like it's all programmed. They all you know they don't look at you as an asset, but as a liability, any company that would hire you, because they look at this resume that they have built for you already that says, you know, right. you know, says you're going to kill yourself. He goes, fuck that. Right. Yeah. But then he kind of, you know, I don't know. I, we were seeing sort of visions of the future or, right. so maybe, I don't know if that was like his imagination or not. Um, right. But I think he was kind of like thinking it, maybe this was plausible, what she was saying to him. Um, yeah. So okay. So what's the theme of this season, right? Like it's it's all about about well, it's about the series. Really, it's about uh, about data, right? Uh, or data. I don't know how you want to pronounce it, but it's all about what that means in our modern world. I think you know, since social media came along, Facebooks and Google and 
all the algorithms and all those things that we use now that you know they're kind of um they're kind of setting up the future is you know not such a, a fun place for uh, a civilization that maybe values self-determination and this is how the meritocracy that they live in the future came to be which was a salvation apparently right like because the world was kind of crumbling until this kind of came along and for so for most people it's good right most people they it finds their path in life it gives them stability but it's also taking away that self-determination it's also setting sort of like a ceiling on where this thing thinks you can be and you know that's to run counter to sort of the human uh 20th century western value which is like you know your future isn't written uh you can be whoever you want to be uh if you just work hard enough that's the american dream etc right which is the opposite of what is true in this world it doesn't well, matter how hard you want to work you, you, they determine your outcome before you even have a chance to before, by, by the time he was a little boy and his mother left him at that diner that's basically what Dolores says. Like they, they are, they pretty much knew you were going to kill yourself in like whatever 34, 40 years. Um, they, mm -hmm. they determine things based off your experiences, but they're not, they're not definite. But the machine acts like, and the so the way society reacts to that information is definite, you know, and that, right. that's a problem. And I do think you have a lot of um, uh, correlations. A lot of uh, you could really make the. Uh, the comparison between what's going on today with like the NSA, a Patriot Act, this uh, mass surveillance, uh -huh. and we're in the infancy of it. But what that would look like in sixty years, seventy years, like you know, I think it would be, I think they're pretty much bang on, you know, of what what, what you would see. Well, you're also kind of like dealing. Um, I think the timing of this season is interesting because, you know, obviously we're going through this uh, pandemic right now yeah. and um, it's kind of showing us what kind of liberties and freedoms we're kind of willing to forfeit in order to um, feel safe to um, what's, you know, to comply yeah. with what we're being told to do. Right. Yeah. Uh, because the system is telling us so like, you know, and I think that there's good reason for that. I don't think I'm not saying that what we're doing with this pandemic is wrong, but it's, it's showing uh, very, um, very much so how quickly we're sort of willing to acquiesce the things we value um, if, if we feel pressured. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, you know, anytime a government or a structure or power has the opportunity to, take uh, more power they're not going to give it back uh, especially they're not going to give it back it easily you know um when, when uh, governments or powers that be ha have the ability to take it and then they will use it for their advantage not yours and i think that's what you're seeing in this in this show is a guy like sarak he didn't nobody even knows this guy exists you yeah know? unless he wants you to know he exists and, right. and and the, which is very much um, a metaphor for, you know, really rich billionaires or trillionaires that um, influence things behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's supposed to be like the the epitome of that. Right. Like he's he's like a he's like if Bill Gates or somebody along those lines could have erased his history, erased his fame and lived complete in ambiguity. Which in itself is incredibly dangerous. To imagine somebody with that kind of money, sort of being un like sort of, 
being sort of a uh, cloak and dagger. It's pretty scary. Like even Dolores, was it Dolores? No, it's fake Hale. Fake Hale's like talking to that Delos person. And she's like, how can this, the richest person in the world, nobody know about that person. Right. Which right now would be like Jeff Bezos. He's the richest man in the world right now. Um, most people know who he is. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, I'd say, yeah, he's a, he's a household name even. Right. Um, but yeah, you know, there are others that are head of banks out there that maybe aren't as like how you know well known, and there are others that uh, have yield or wield an incredible amount of influence and power that aren't necessarily public. Now, most people, I find that you know a lot of those people get exposed today, but it's plausible that in this world where information is so controlled, maybe not. Okay, so let's kind of go through the episode scene by scene here, and just kind of talk about what we thought about that particular scene so, so we get the uh the opening right on fake a uh, real hail this is like a real hail video um uh it's real hail it's dolores basically waking fake hail up right isn't uh, well yes the first very first thing you see is the video from when she's back in westworld and she's recording the message to her son yes this is real hail real hail okay yeah. Yeah, uh, I know that, like, yeah, so we come back at that at the end. We kind of see the whole video. This fake Hale's watching real Hale in this video. Um, did that fan, did you find that, like, what, that out of place? The fact that they played it the, at the end as well? No, that, that this, like, this recording, this recording from real Hale to her son. I wish if we had seen it in season two. Yeah, it, it seems inconsistent with the character. Uh, I everything I know about the real yeah. Charlotte Hale, I don't think she. To imagine like she was like running off to ru to record this video to her son, May I guess like maybe that that humanizes her um, more so. But I I remember Charlotte Hale after the massacre. You know, she kind of ripped her dress off. She was ready to kick ass, and she was ready to like you know find out as many ways to like exploit the situation to make money as possible. Uh, her the, there was no urgency to get back to her son at all that we felt uh, from that some, performance. That's something she was bringing up a lot. or We, Ever. Never, we never really there had a nothing, moment. There was nothing yeah. to lead me to believe that she had that this side to her or this, you know, this past. Now, you know, I don't know. Maybe that, maybe that I'm, I'm getting hung up on it. But yeah, it felt very inconsistent with who the real Charlie Hill was, who was like a calculating um, sociopath, basically. She was like a, a, C a CEO of a company that, let's face it, uses robots as their toys mm -hmm. and she knew that and she was very you know the, the first scene that we get introduced to charlotte hale is when she's um basically uh she's on the tanning bed at the pool or whatever and she's all oh, right and right. she doesn't and she's like uh she doesn't tell uh the guy who writes the stories who she is sizemore sizemore and uh it, you know so she's already deceptive right from the moment we meet her um Mm -hmm. So maybe this is part of like deception. She was she always put a front on in front of everybody else, but really she actually cared about her son, and we never really got to see that part. She put on a front. She had sort of like a like a yeah. I guess I guess that's what we've learned about Charlotte Hale now, right? Uh, from this episode, and 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 I guess whoever whichever host it is, we we let's assume it's Teddy. I'm pretty sure it's Teddy. Um, that this ho that this person that she, you know. That they're trying to become a Charlotte Hale and that that's messing with them. Yes. Right. Okay. So the next scene that we get is um, Dolores basically waking fake Hale up. Mm -hmm. So if, let's say it's Teddy or whoever it is in, in her. We can, just call it, we can call her fake Hale for now, but fake Hale fail. Um, 
she, you know, she wakes her up and immediately is emotional, doesn't know where she is, who, who she is, why she is, which makes me think maybe it's not somebody we know from from the past. Maybe it's a new brain ball. Maybe those brain balls were new, were, were people maybe. that were in storage. So we actually don't know. Um, but uh, it doesn't seem that way because later in the episode, they're kind of talking to each other like they know each other kind of well. Well, you even know? in this in this scene you're talking about, like, um, you know, so so after like a couple like a like sort of uh, fake hail gets her bearings a little bit, uh, you know, Dolores, you know, points out that I got more brain balls here. And uh, and so and and I guess they can just by looking at them, identify who they are. Right. Because she looks she, she knows which one's Bernard's. She goes, oh, that's Bernard's brain ball. And why would you bring him? He tried to stop us, uh, is, is what Fake Hale says. So Fake Hale has to be one of those followers that was going with Dolores, to, you know, sort of yeah. towards the end of season two. Right. So it's got, yeah, it's got to be like a Teddy or, or yeah. Or, or the dad. It's one of those two. Yeah, it's got to be one of those two characters. Um. Anyway, so... Yeah, so and then we get the credit sequence after that. So basically, yeah, you, she's right. She has all the brain balls lined up. And I guess, yeah, they, I mean, to us, we can't really tell the difference, but maybe they can see the code of the brain ball. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. they, they they are definitely not our species, right? There are different kind of species going on. Here. Yeah, it's, it, you know, maybe there's like it's like a barcode scanner effect and they can just look at it and kind of determine that's who, what individual that is. Right. So, okay. So after the credits, uh, we get that uh, beautiful shot of, uh, like I said, it was in Spain of them, uh, you know, showing off their new mech robot thing that they've built out of five different um, boxes, basically, that assemble into a giant mech robot, which uh, is, uh, you know, pretty cool, actually. I thought this whole scene was really well done. This yeah. Well, this is definitely teasing to something, some kind of, this is going to pay off and you know, probably towards the end of the season. I imagine that this is some kind of robot army that uh, Charlotte, Fake Hale, and uh, and Dolores are cooking up for their revolution. Yeah, well, it literally says riot control right on it. So it's going to be involved in some way with, with well, yeah, with the, probably the city or <laughs> they're going to do something pretty epic at the end of the season, I think. But yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, because I'm like, well, what's this for? And what's the? Why are you showing me this? And so I was like, okay, this is going somewhere. And it's also to kind of, this is where we learn about um, the hostile takeover of the company because they were trying to take the the company public last or two episodes ago, I guess, and uh, and now they can't. There, there's a hostile takeover, and uh, right. and it's Ciroc. Uh, I think, yeah, we, do we find that out right away? Not right away, but I think we're supposed to kind of go. Okay, yeah, that's probably who it is, right? Like we we are we already been introduced to Sirac in the previous episode. We know he's the man behind the curtain. Uh, so who else is it going to be? Can't yeah. the only one? No, it can't be really anybody else. So and it could only really be like uh, Mantis, or you know, that's really the only or or um, Liam. That's those yeah. Only characters There's only really- so many characters that we've met. So. Uh, yeah. So yeah, the yeah the options are limited. So yeah, so I mean, um, it, again, a lot of like the first three episodes have been a lot of setup, and I just think this episode has done the best job of that. Uh, so the next thing we get is we continue off from episode one, where Caleb uh, meets Dolores in the alley after she's been shot, uh, and then she gets put into an ambulance, and then the ambulance gets pulled over by the police. Uh, you know they're they're either dirty cops or they're fake cops. I don't really know if that's important, 
but you know they, they get pulled over and then caleb immediately like he gets a little message on his phone he goes hi it says high value target in your area so immediately he knows oh, right in his location so he knows that yeah that they're after dolores that she's a target um well first before that they also they were trying to like give her medical assistance uh and they were like well her, her blood has no platelets and she has no like vitals or whatever and and Caleb's having none of it. I'm just going to give her, give her blood, give her oxygen. Don't wait for the computer to tell you what to do. He's, he's doesn't, he doesn't listen to no computer. He's he's, like computer. he's already told his, his fake friend to get, you know, go stuff it. He's not hanging out with his robot anymore. He's, you know, he's kind of like almost done with te technology. He's like the guy that goes, you know, you know what? I'm done with Facebook. I don't need Facebook anymore. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't need Facebook anymore, but he's got a brand new robot girlfriend by the end of this episode. Right? Yeah, yeah. So he's like, he's like, I'm a Twitter guy now, or so I don't. <laughs> yeah, he's like, ah, I don't need any of this. I, I'm good with my Android phone or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I don't like Apple. I'm, I'm all about Samsungs or Google, Google Plus. Yeah, I know. Granted, Google he doesn't know that what Dolores is yet, but I don't think he's that's gonna really sway him too much. No, he's already disenchanted with the world that he in which he lives. He tries his hardest to get by. He seems like a young, up-and-coming person that could do well if he just was put in the right situation. But it's impossible, literally impossible, for him to get put into the right position. And, and we don't find that out till later, but it, it, it starts to make more sense. Um, well, and then now it's, it's starting to make more sense what Dolores is doing. She's trying to get certain humans on her side because she's going to need it. She's going to need humanity on her side to really accomplish what she wants to accomplish, which is bring down this system that oppresses not only her people, but now she's starting to figure out is oppressing other humans as well. So she's not necessarily, I, and I think that's a very smart pivot for the show because for a while, uh, I think you and me were both looking at the Dolores character and going, she's not very redeemable. She's just a psychopathic killer that just wants blood. But now she's yeah. she is starting to become a lot more uh, nuanced, a lot more nuanced with um, what she's trying to accomplish. Uh, she's easier to root for when she's working with a good-natured human. Yeah, and, yeah. Like I, I, I guess the last she hasn't really worked with a human for a while, right? So, um, so yeah. She says to Caleb, "You're a good man." After she sort of like you know runs off from the ambulance scene, which. Uh, yeah, she's you're a good man, so at least she likes him. Yeah, she uh, told him, like, what's your name? He says, Caleb Nichols. She says, not anymore. You need to start running. Like, she basically, she kind of, like, kind of goes, okay, like, you were, and she doesn't, it not, it's not until later where she finds out, oh, maybe I should use this guy, or maybe we should work together. Uh, at first, she's kind of like, get away from me. You don't want anything to do with what, 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 I, what I'm involved in, is what she kind of does from the beginning. Yeah, but then she comes back and finds him. You know, because like obviously he's going to be targeted, right? I also because she asked, um, you know, uh, Chibs, uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, Martin. Martin. <laughs> Martin's his character's name, right. or fake Martin now it is. So F Fartin. Fartin. Um, that uh, you know, she asks him to kind of watch him later in the episode, and then that's when she starts to um, you know, take more of an interest because so he she needed she needed Martin to look him up. That's what that's what happens. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make any sense, does it? I know, I know, right? I don't. I she can do everything. She can like look everything up. She knows everything about every. She knows everything about him. Like I don't know if Martin got that fake Martin got her that information, but yeah, that was a bit odd. 
Um, I think that's what happened. Yeah, Fake Martin got him, got her the information because she only knows everything about somebody that's been to the park. Mm-hmm. Caleb hasn't been to the park. He's poor. You got to be loaded. You got to be real rich to go to the park, which makes sense. Why Dolores was uh, such a hate of humanity? I mean, think about it. If you're a billionaire millionaire that can afford to go to this park to, you know, screw around and do whatever you wanted, you're gonna probably be a pretty terrible person. You know, if you, if you you know you're spending your money for you know violent delights, right? Yes, these violent delights have violent ends. So now she's meeting a human that doesn't have violent delights. Actually, just wants it to be a good person and. And, mm-hmm. and has had a troubled past like her. She says to him um, uh, in the restaurant scene l- later on, um, you know, I know the feeling. I know the feeling of being totally lost and completely enraged. And um, that they connect. And I think uh, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. though she's very upfront with him, she does, she's not. And that's what I think is the other thing that's been good about her in this episode is that she's not being. Um, manipulative. She's been pretty upfront with Caleb right from the beginning, which is, I think, again, makes her more um, uh, rootable. Yeah. Well, I'm wondering, like, if maybe Caleb is maybe helping to restore her faith in humanity, or like some 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 sense of that. But I'm also wondering, is she using Caleb? You know, I think that whether we're talking about whether or not. Uh, Dolores is nuanced and whether or not she is uh, sympathetic, I think it will ultimately depend on sort of how she treats this relationship with Caleb, because we kind of know how she treated her relationship with Teddy when he tried to go against her. Right. Right. Or he, he tried to pull back on some of her more. Right. uh, So if Caleb, if Caleb is like the Teddy for a good part of the season and then at the end tries to go against her, she will cut him down in a second. Oh yeah, that would be consistent. Like that would, that would be consistent with her character. If she, yeah, she, well, if she wasn't willing to, if she wasn't willing to do that for Teddy, I don't think Caleb's gonna have a chance. I think you're right. I think I think that's a. I think, but that's that again. What they'll do is they'll they'll build that Dolores character up to the point where like, oh, I like her again, and then she's gonna go heal again right quick. Yeah. You know? So let's watch out for that because I'm feeling like that's there's a good chance of that. And then uh, what was after that? Uh, and then it's uh, F- fake hail talking to that other lady from Delos. Um, she, she I, I forget exactly the nature of their conversation. Do you remember? I think it was just to say, we know who the, who the hostile takeover is and it's Serac. And Right. Okay. All right. And then, yeah, then she gets the one text file on her phone, uh, the one audio file. And then she, I guess she gets three more later on in the episode. Yeah. So when, when these first started coming through these little audio files, I thought that they were like machine language or something. Yeah. I thought they were like old dial-up tones or something. This was like maybe Dolores and Fake Hale speaking to one another, but it, it's not. That's not what it is. These end up being from Serac in some kind of weird cryptic message. Not sure why. Right. And so then then yeah. she goes home, and then mm-hmm. she, she you know walks in, and her husband's there, with, uh, and um, uh, Jake, Jake, and then uh, she. You know, she, they, they kind of, you know, start kissing each other. But, uh, you know, nothing, none of it feels quite right because obviously it isn't. I mean, she she's a machine, but she's I don't know. Like, I think even he kind of knows that something's not quite right. Um, he's angry at her. Uh, you she know. didn't pick him up. At sc- she didn't pick up the kid up at school. Right. Or whatever. Um, yeah, I'm a little confused by what's going on with fake hail a little bit because I, like she she seems to know Jake by name. 
and she asks how he got in there and she well he's like i lived here for eight years so then she kisses him and i was like was that to cover up for the fact that you just asked him why how he got in and you don't even really know who he is you know enough to know right. my name and then she seems surprised that when he brings up nathan i don't know if that's to surprise us the audience or she was like actually surprised by by that news but um yeah, yeah that was the biggest thing i was like what does fake hail know about real hail exactly yeah it is confusing because like like you said like she doesn't know he lives there um but she does know him but she does like you said she's kind of like surprised or maybe she's just kind of like taken aback that he brought up her son um or maybe she yeah maybe you're right maybe she was like i have a son oh shit you know like i don't it's, it's yeah yeah the scene the scene felt a bit weird in that way to me um that like i i feel like yeah it was sort of they're trying more to drop a bomb on the audience but i was like oh okay like fake hail had a kid okay whatever uh or real hail did sorry um and now right. fake hail is in place and so um yeah that's about it really but i yeah, just thought, she talks them in but like everything she's saying to her kid is kind of creepy like it, not what she's saying but how she's saying it there's no warmth in her voice there's no she, mm -hmm. like you know it's kind of like the hosts when they were in season one for the most part you know everyone other than like dolores um just that cold way of speaking and very mechanical and it just doesn't seem human which it isn't but it's like the kid you don't like you think the kid would pick up on it and he does at one point he said like, you're not my mother and then she goes what do you mean and then he clarifies or whatever right right but yeah that was that part i was confused i'm like oh so does this kid have some kind of intuition to know that this is not the real charlotte hale uh the real charlie hale as as uh, as jake calls her she goes by charlie right charlie yep uh or not i wasn't quite sure about that we'll see where this is going um but yeah i guess it's whoever is in whoever's playing the part of charlotte hale is obviously dealing with some uh some confliction yeah i i'm having a, i'm starting to think that it's her dad um just because teddy was more warm whereas her dad was more cold and uh, that's what that's what I'm getting from this this character. And until it's not until the next scene where she's in her office and she's actually looking at the "You Are My Sunshine" video where the character starts the ball starts to actually cry. So it kind of has that emotional breakthrough. Uh, whereas I feel like Teddy had that a little bit, a lot. Like he was more emotional um, than than most of you know the other hosts. Right. So I guess from. Uh, you know, in retrospect, maybe this scene with Charlotte Hale's son maybe leads more credence to the idea that this is actually um, uh, Daddy Abernathy, whatever his name was, um, the father. Yeah, I agree. So, I think yeah. because he, again, it's another it's the parent um, kind of uh, a duality that we're dealing with. Um, you know, that, that was the one thing that we definitely knew the father, the you know, father Abernathy cared about was Dolores. Yeah. And, and so now it's the same thing. It's, you know, fake Hale and her son. It, it, it's, you know, it's the same kind of idea. Um, that's who that's who that character would have an emotional uh, reaction towards is, is a, as a child figure. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, that makes sense. So, okay. So now I'm now I'm saying it's not Teddy. It's definitely him for now. Okay. So then we move on to um, another scene where uh, Dolores and uh, Fake Hale meet up in looks like a, like a hotel lobby. And like, it seems like uh, Fake Hale kind of sends some sort of distress signal to Dolores, kind of mm-hmm. saying like, hey, I'm not in a good place. Like, we need to meet now. Well, she left her a few voicemails saying, yeah, where are you? I need to talk to you. There's a takeover. We need to connect um, or all that. So, yeah, they finally meet up. I think in well, you're saying that's Singapore. Like, I think I feel like she went somewhere to meet. Well, that's why I shot it. I think they're probably in San Francisco, like you said. Um, Is Caleb also in San Francisco? I believe uh, it's I think it's Los Angeles or San Francisco. So it's, it's California. Okay. Okay, uh, so then we we learned that um, Fake Hale's been cutting herself, and yeah, yeah. Well, we saw a little bit of this thing even during like the um, that little automaton or that riot gear robot scene uh, when she first found out about the takeover, and yeah, and so she's like, she's talking about real Hale is like trying to get out, which I don't understand. Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make much sense. Real Hale got a bullet through the brain, as I remember. Unless they were able to, uh, unless what she did was take Charlotte Hale's file from that library and yeah. put it into Abernathy, so you he know, would have details. He'd have all this information. That's why he knows who Jake is, but doesn't know who knows. her son is. But doesn't know who her son is because she didn't go into the park. Did she in season two? Did she actually ever go into the park? I guess does it matter, or is she is she, fi- is she in the park when she's in the control area? She know? never went in as a guest. She was never, never like, guessed. yeah. But did she go in as a guest before? I think she probably Maybe. did. And I think that's what 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 that that why she knew who Jake was because probably before she had the kid, she was a guest. She, she was a guest in the park, and that's the file that she had, and that's the file she uploaded to one of those brain balls that she put into. The fake hail. Uh, okay, I get it now. Okay, yeah, that's probably right. So she probably has like a snapshot of who Charlotte Hale was. Yeah, whenever that visit to the park was, whatever information you can gather from that. But that, yeah, there's gaps there. And that's, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So we find out she's been, yeah, like trying to cut herself. She's been, and what I found interesting was the, 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 the almost the symbol that she was cutting in herself. It was like a circle with a line. Yeah. And I wonder what, like kind of like the maze or I, I wonder what the uh, symbolism is there. Uh, what are your thoughts? The only thing I can think of is like, uh, when, you know, when they're flashing to the different geographic locations and you see that yes. circle and it's sort of like vibrating a bit. Uh, that's the only thing I'm, connecting it to sort of at this point um there's the only thing i really can there's nothing else that really seems to connect uh, otherwise i think you're probably you know right uh, to me it's either the maze or like what they're showing us like you said um because in the first season it was the maze and the second season it was the like, heaven paradise thing right? right yeah like the great beyond is that what they called it right the great beyond and then so and then this season maybe it's a new thing I mean, you know or we just we haven't been let in on that yet yeah yeah it tracks so she okay. kinda, she kind of you know the Lars patches are up like a good medic kind of says hey don't ever hurt yourself again and kind of sends her on her way 
Yeah, so there was like that little they had that little scene of like laying in bed together. Right, which you know, like uh, I wonder what the purpose of that was. Like was it just to show that they're cl- they're close and they're connected or uh, I thought I wasn't sure where it was going. Like I thought I wasn't sure if it was going to turn into a sex scene at first and then it didn't. Uh and then so that leads more to the idea that it's Abernathy perhaps because I don't think the relationship would be sexual. Um Right, that would be Teddy. Teddy would be more sexual, most likely. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, or romantic at least. Like it, was, yeah. it didn't feel romantic; it felt more uh, platonic. So I agree. Yeah, so I think okay, okay. So that, that that's tell me a little bit about who they are together. Um, yeah, and that's about it, right? Like, just yeah, that. So, yeah, that's about it. I mean, we got the. There seemed like some sort of sorrow or like. There was an emotion between them that was almost sorry, you know, and that's like, sorry, I had to put you through this, but we have to do this type yeah. thing, you know, uh, that's kind of what I got from it, uh, which leads us into the next scene, which is um, Caleb visiting his mother uh, kind of for the final time. Very stupid idea on his part, by the way, considering he just helped out probably the biggest fugitive in the future world. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes right to where people would think he would go. You know, if I was trying to track him down, I'd be like, "Well, if where's he gonna go?" I, you know, it probably would be it, that would be the place to go see his mother. You know, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so he goes and he brings her. So it looks like some books. Uh, he wakes her up. And she doesn't recognize him. She didn't recognize him the first time either. No. So it's you know, it, it's just. It's just, again, building that character of Caleb that he's a sympathetic character. He cares. He has a good heart. Um, Can we read? I I, I kept, like, just wondering the fact that she doesn't recognize him. Do we just, we chalk this up to schizophrenia or is there something more to that? Um, I think, I think uh, they want you to think that it's the schizophrenia. Uh, Whether or not, I don't know if we'll ever see this character again, this mother character. But maybe we will. There was a lot of backstory with with the mother abandoning him. Um, The fact that, you know, the person that abandoned him, he always comes back to. So, I mean, maybe they're not done with it. I I, I would like to learn more, but I'm like, Every, even with the the, uh, the explanation of her his mother leaving him in, in the diner and ordering the strawberry shake and the hamburger, um, it just, again, just builds the character of Caleb that he's kind of a tortured, sad character. Right. Yeah, well, she's calling for Cal, so she... She doesn't. She hasn't forgotten. She has a son. She's just forgotten what he looks like. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if that's just. Yeah, nothing. maybe. Maybe he's not actually her son. Like I don't know. Like I don't know what the deal is. His know? whole past is extremely like suspect right now. So for me, um, the limited amount we know about him. Yeah. And so then two guys show up. Uh, I'm guessing they're are they Sorox guys or you know are they? I think they're just petty criminals. Uh, I think that they're just uh, they're they happen to be who got there, who got him first, and they got the um, the contract to find out what he knew. That that's all. Like they they thought that he might be a lead to her. That was so. It. You think, so do you think they got a message on their phone, like their app? You know, kind of like Caleb has been getting. Oh yeah, we we see it. Caleb right before he goes in to visit his mother, he sees that. Oh yeah, they're after me. Um, yeah, I'm I'm on the wanted list because he has the you know he has the opportunity to do it himself. He should have taken it. He'd be like, "Yeah, I'll do it. 
I'll catch him for you. I'll catch me. <laughs> I'll catch me for you. What's the reward? Can I get a can I get a good job? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get a good fair shake in these job interviews. Yeah. No, the system's I won't kill myself. I'll be all right. I'm good. I'm all right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so so yeah. they pick him up and you know, and predictably uh they take him away to like interrogate him. Good thing that um Dolores woke up from her nap with Hale and decided to care about uh, Caleb right at the right moment. Yeah, I mean that was uh, definitely convenient. Yes, that was that was good timing. Yeah, you know, I would I would say it's a TV show, but you know, <laughs> some things just work out. Yeah, that was good. That was good on her. Yeah, so she, she she figures out he's in trouble. So so while she's on her way to get to him, right? Um, she summons the construction robot and kind of sends him as like a distraction. It, was that her who did that? I don't know. Did the construction robot do that on its own because he was friends with Caleb? I think maybe. I mean, I think, yeah, I think, I think he probably heard Caleb like crying out or maybe when um, they, they turned up his heart rate. Maybe that's when like, and then the robot realized he was in trouble. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's when the, uh, uh, the robot went into like, all right, defend mode, but he didn't really do a very good job. I was like, okay, the robot's going to screw these, like, you know, mess these guys up. No, nope. no, not so much. They yeah. were they were barely phased by that robot. <laughs> they, they were like, "What? Okay, all right, throw you off the building. See you later." You know? Yeah. Um, just the fact that they whatever implant was in in the roof of his mouth, and Dolores did put in a contact, and, and that that like kind of lit up. And I wonder what what did that contact do? Did that just help her call Martin or <laughs> No, I think that's what she I think uh, what's likely is that she was controlling that robot. Well, she didn't um, do a very good job. No, she didn't. I think she was just by she was just stalling until she got there though. Oh, maybe. Maybe it was just to, to give him time. Yeah. Um yeah, but the fact that Caleb's implants and who Caleb is is I guess maybe the more interesting because he's the most new. So they 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 open his mouth. He's got this thing on the roof of his mouth, which activates what they call a drip. I think they called it. Yeah. Um, and so this allows them to control his auto autonomic functions from a tablet. Yeah, his heart, his heart rate. Uh, what else did it control? Uh, like I think, well, anything, right? Probably blood pressure. Probably, blood. probably like how much serotonin's in his system. All kinds of things, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, they had they had him at his uh, at their mercy, you know. Right, and they were torturing him with that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, why would he like? Why would anybody? They talk about like yeah, the system controlling you. Why would a soldier want those implants put in them? It, may, it might have been requirement, you know, to be in the military. Uh, other than that, yeah, I have no idea why. I mean, that is interesting. I hope they uh, explain that. Because it'll, that is the one part of his backstory I don't understand is what, who was he in the military and what does it have to do with what's going on now? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. It, I imagine this is going to pay off somewhere because they don't necessarily need to give that part of him that backstory for anything that's come yet. No. Uh, but it is, I'm guessing it's very important for some reason. Uh, maybe because you know he's the like we've already kind of made the um, comparison, but maybe because he's the new Teddy. Teddy was very militaristic as well, uh, kind of like a Dolores's bodyguard. 
And maybe that's kind of what Caleb's going to serve. Going oh, he was forward. in the Civil War, Teddy. Yep. <laughs> he fought those Confederados. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they can turn up his his heart rate. It looks like they, ha- yeah, they have his... His respirate is uh yeah um, respiratory functions his blood pressure, uh, it says event synthesis, you know cardiac arrest probable when they're turning it up. Are they trying to kill him there or like because like most people would die if their heart rate went up to like two hundred like they. Well, for any length of time, length of time. I think that that's that was them like that was a form of torture. They were just torturing him, um, right. like to the you know to just. Tell us where she is. Tell us her name, whatever. So we do get a moment where they're holding him over the edge before the robot comes where the, there's kind of some flashes and they show his his friend, um, Beaufort, that, that is the voice of the robot. Um, they, oh, yeah. They show yeah. some flashes. There's some quick flashes. I think they also show um, the, the diner. Um, show the diner. I think they show him wearing some kind of ski mask or some kind of a, I don't know, something. I didn't know what quite to make of all that imagery. Yeah, me either. It was just kind of like, you know, your light flashing before your eyes is kind of what I got out of it. Um, because I guess he just assumed he was going to die. And, and he also sees the ocean. That's the other thing he sees because that's Dolores explains to him where this is where you kill yourself. So that's also already flashing in his head before Dolores even tells him that. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, they, yeah. Again, yeah. He's wearing a ski mask with eyeballs on it. Yeah, I, mean, I think so, that. What's that from his military days? So now that they showed us the ocean, this could be the future. We, oh, maybe. we you know, yeah. yeah I, I've uh, so we all assume that it's a flashback now, but now that if we look back to what Dolores told him, that this is where you die, then they show the same ocean shot, the dark at night. Um, yeah, maybe it, it could easily be the future. So there's another guy standing behind him with the same mask on. Um, now, who that person is, like maybe we'll find out later. It'll be it'll be fun to see and, and talk about this scene later on. I thought it was his dead friend, but maybe not. I don't think so. He's not a black guy. His, his dead friend's a black guy. So hmm. yeah. So that yeah. So and then Dolores comes and saves him. She kills the mm-hmm. guy pretty quickly. Pretty, you know, she's good uh, at it. She's very efficient. You got to give Dolores credit. Yeah, she, she does not. She never has to get into a fist fight. You know, for the most part, she's just bang bang. You're dead. Yeah, remember even when Dolores killed that cop earlier on, like one of those. Uh, so she kills the initial guy in the in the, in the ambulance, and then she oh, kills yeah. the, the other guy. And Caleb's like, "What the hell?" Like, you know, um, and he he acts. Yeah, he. You would think he would be afraid of her, sort of after that, but he's no, not. But he's quite the opposite, and he's also, you know, he doesn't really look down at her either, because like the guy, you know, that he was fighting with gets up and starts running away. And usually, you know, if you're in the military, you fight someone and you shoot somebody in the back, like she did there. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like a dirty kill, I guess. Uh, you know, it's it's um, in a way, kind of not. You know, she didn't have to kill him. You know, probably oh, she, could, she could have knocked him out or sub, you know, something. Right. To, yeah, you're right. Um, so then we move. Yeah, it's, then we get get some of the best see- scenes of the episode for me, which is Dolores and Caleb kind of really officially meeting each other. You know, 
mm-hmm. um, which for me made the episode. And uh, you know, Dolores looking good too in this black black outfit she's wearing. I was a big fan. So is this where they went to the diner together? Uh, yeah, they well, yes, they're t- they're walking in the street at first, and then she's like, uh, "Let me buy you lunch." And then they go breakfast. The breakfast. Or breakfast, yeah. Sorry, and then they go. Uh, well, she, they don't order breakfast. He orders a milkshake and a hamburger, a cheeseburger. For <laughs> well, you know, you can get anything all, any time of the day. It's all day breakfast, all day lunch, all day dinner. You know, right? You get a meatloaf in the morning if you want. And yeah, so we kind of get you know that just that setup, and then we move over to Charlotte Hale again, fake Hale, and she's looking at the you know that video from the beginning of the episode, and that's when she has that emotional connection that we talked about before. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, once again, what do we make of this? Is she really connecting? Is it bothering her? Is it is it the hail? Is it the hail that has been uploaded into her from from the library, or or is it actually the actual robot that you know the brain ball that's in there? The AI is it the AI or is it the human that's crying? That's my question. It's the AI because the human's dead, but I think that there's a bit of um maybe a personality um, complex here that uh, maybe 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 they're the software can't really adapt to this very well. Um, and this will backfire on Dolores ultimately. It could. I, I could definitely see that happening where Charlotte Hale becomes more like the human Hale. Right. And you could maybe the same will be the same with the same for Tommy Flanagan's character in Martin. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, definitely possible. So then we get a scene with the fake Hale where her son is talking to a man with a golden retriever in, uh, in the park. And she walks over and she kind of walks over slowly because she's like already super suspicious. And the audience is kind of like, well, why? Who is this guy? What's going on? Like, we don't, you know, we have no idea who this guy is. Um, I don't think so. Do you know who this guy is? I do. I get it now. Okay. So uh, so at the time, I'm just kind of like confused. Uh, I was confused. So at first I thought, okay, like she was, because she, you get it like the guy says to her earlier on, like, um, her, one, one of the Delos henchmen to fake Hale. There's a mole in the company. Here's the fake video, or here's the video. I thought you want to see this. I don't know what one has to do with the other, but then but you're also late to pick up your son. So she kind of dashes out right. to, pick up the, to pick up his son, uh, her son. Uh, and and w- when she gets there, she, you know, her son's talking to this guy with the dog. And I thought maybe... Okay, she's you know it's a teacher or something like that who's you know having to wait with the kid till the, the parent gets there. Yep, that's initially what I thought, and then and then um, you know she says, "Oh, go off and play, Nathan," and uh, and 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 you know we'll we have a play date with the dog. I don't know what she was trying to say. I think that's what she said. Yeah, but then as soon as the kid's away she goes thank you for turning off all the cameras and then she chokes him out and i what we're led to believe i think is that this is a some kind of a sexual predator that's what i thought too that he was a, that's what she assumed that he was a sexual predator but that's not confirmed or anything like that's not like you know i think it's all innuendo and sort of uh subtext it's not very obvious right okay all right i was wondering like you said was he the mole 
and and she knew he was the mole and she was working him and working her son to get to her that was kind of where my head went at first because that's what what was being talked about earlier in the episode but then so then they just throw this curveball that this guy's a sexual predator going after her son it was like oh okay like you know i didn't see that coming like i didn't know all right um yeah and then she takes the dog which is a very charlotte hale thing to do yes Right, so this is another clue that maybe fake hail is becoming very much like real hail. Right, uh, and ha- real hail is very much a uh, get psychopath. psychopath, but gets what she wants. I guess would be the right way to put it. She she will do whatever she has to do to get what she wants. Yeah, she's a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, most of the characters in this show are psychopaths, though. So, you know, the AI and the humans. Yeah, hail's hail's a bit of a different yeah make but yeah for sure i agree uh okay so then we get that scene with dolores and caleb at the diner which uh was a really great scene we got a lot Mm -hmm. of uh, explanation of who caleb is why she brought him here how she knew to bring him here we got a lot of really great um just just a great scene between the two characters right yeah, this this tells you a lot about who Caleb is. It tells yeah. you a lot about what sort of the the bigger picture of this season is. Um, well, well performed, in particular, uh, you know, Aaron Paul. Who, yep. you know, I don't know if this is anything new out of Aaron Paul. This was a lot of like I was channeling a lot of like Jesse Pinkman in rage against Walter White. Uh, you know, probably more, maybe more like season four, yeah. Breaking Bad. Uh, or even five. Um, yeah. yeah, so I was like, okay, I've seen Aaron Paul do this before. He does it very well. So, you know, it's probably part of the reason he got the job. Um, but yeah, it really worked. Like, you know, like that this Caleb character is not that different than maybe Jesse Pinkman, uh, who he ended up as, at least. There are a lot of similarities between the two characters, probably, like you said, probably why they casted him. Um, but not everybody that watched Westworld watched Breaking Bad. And, yeah. Right. So I, I understand why they casted him. Uh, you know. Right. Right. You, yeah. I just thought you maybe they would. You think Aaron Paul would do something very different for his next performance, his next major role? Um, I thought they would make him. My thing is more the look of him. He looks so much like Jesse in season five of Breaking Bad. I mean, uh, and, and in El Camino, right? And in El Camino and in season four, like kind of season five, he's a little bit more frail because he's been being starved and yeah, made to cook meth for Nazis in a basement or whatever. So, yeah, but uh, you know, just the fact that he has the same like light stubble, the same haircut, like they they did nothing to make him look different, Um, yeah, yeah, right, which is not a problem, yeah. And if you've never seen Breaking Bad, I'm sure this would be very compelling. Exactly, and you know he's 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 slaying it here with these scenes with Dolores. I think his acting yeah. is fantastic. Yeah, it's just it's it's I I think I maybe you need to see a bit some some new things out of Aaron Paul as an actor, but you know, give him time. We'll see where this goes. Mm-hmm. We might see him be less sympathetic and more unsympathetic later on in the season, and I could see them doing that. Um, uh, he, We'll see. I, I mean, like right now, we're getting a lot of who he is, how human he is, the things he's been through, how it's influenced him, why he is where he is, why he can't get a job, why he was in the military, why he was felt abandoned, why he feels enraged. Um, we get a lot of those. And again, like to, just to compare it back to Breaking Bad, he has again another 
um, mentor that is a psychopath in Dolores. Yes, yes. In, in Breaking Bad. True, with, true. With Walter White. A benevolent, psychopathic uh, mentor. Yes. Yes. And will, will ultimately Aaron Paul turn on Dolores? Likely. Likely, yes. Most likely. Um, whether or not Aaron Paul survives that, also unlikely. Uh, you know, so. We'll see. We'll see. Or Caleb. Uh, but at least we're kind of getting an idea of who he is. And uh, I think that they're doing very well uh, in this. They're making me care. And that's that's all I really want from a show. Make me care about your characters. Uh, that's that's what great TV shows do. And that's what this one is accomplishing. Yeah, I'd say I do care about this Caleb character, maybe more so than most of the other characters I've known. Um, the exception is probably Maeve to that. Um, Maeve is probably my number one, mm-hmm. and then Bernard, I guess. But me, and now Aaron Paul is maybe uh, coming up from there. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I, I mean, I, I don't care about this character as far as whether or not he lives or dies, but I care a lot about the Man in Black as far as his his job in in the storytelling. Yeah, well, I think the Man in Black serves a purpose in the story, and you know, so I don't, I'm not necessarily in a hurry for him to die um, or right. be, to be removed from the, the show. Like, I, but with Hale, like, because Hale was such a, a villain, such a villain. When she, when ultimately when she was killed in, in season two, I was happy. I was like, great, they got her. Who? Right. Well, you know. it, I mean, I was surprised they killed her because she was such a great adversary on the human side, on the Delos side. Um, yeah, I think you can only have an adversary for so long before you in a, in a, in a television show before you have to mix it up. Um, yeah, kind of like Game of Thrones did where they had like they had Joffrey and then they had Ramsey and then, you know, mm-hmm. you, you have to mix it up because then people get tired of it, you know. Well, we saw this in, in well, Walking Dead's biggest mistake was that they had Negan sort of as this antagonist forever, like for like three, like they were fighting Negan for like three seasons. And everyone's like, when is this over? You know, um, That's like, what I think about every episode of The Walking Dead. I'm always like, when is this over? Can this end? <laughs> Stop making 24 episodes of this. Like, just just whittle it down. God damn. Yeah. yeah make it better. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, fair. But like they didn't keep the governor around for longer than they needed to, and they right. didn't, you know. And uh, certainly the the the, um, the cannibals in in Breaking Bad, they didn't keep them around any longer than they needed to. So, right. Yeah, like I think you, I think a villain can can outstay their welcome, and I, I I think I think it takes an exceptional villain to to stick around for a long time on a TV program. Um. They have to be nuanced. They have to be complex, like the Men in Black is, like a Gold Ducat is, like um, you know other yeah. villains that that, like that can. Like Peter Baelish would be another one. Um, yeah, Peter Baelish. But when you get these like straight up malevolent, ruthless villains like a Charlotte Hale, like I think a villain like that can only last a, a season or two. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, yeah, she. Uh, I was surprised they killed her in the finale just because it seemed sudden, but now it made sense to bring her back as an AI. Like I was surprised they killed that, that more of that actor, but then they're using that actor. more. Well, yeah. Tessa Thompson's more. not going anywhere. She's just, they're giving her more to do. So if anything, you know, that, that's more interesting for Tessa Thompson. She gets to play something very different. Maybe she, she found Charlotte Hale to be one note uh, before. 
Yeah, maybe. Yep. And when Tessa Thompson joined the show, she wasn't as big of a star as she is now. So they're definitely giving her more in this in this new season. Yeah, and then she's getting to do both, right? She's getting to do the AI stuff, but she's also kind of getting to reconnect with that human character that's inside her mind. And so she's kind of getting to wrestle, which actors love doing. They love wrestling with duality, mm-hmm. um, and which is definitely what she's doing. Well, actors like to show off range, and that's why that's kind of my my comment on Aaron Paul. Like I've seen Aaron Paul do this before. I've seen him play this type of character before. Um, so I need. I, I'm hoping that we will get a bit more. But so far, so good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're very well written. The Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy that create this show um, really do a great job of mapping their their whole season out. Um, yes, and they have a purpose and. What you know, Westworld's a great show for that. I mean, they did other shows like uh, what was that show, Person of Interest? I mean, that was more episodic, but if you go back and watch those episodes, it was also Jonathan Nolan. Um, same thing, very mapped out. He wrote this man, this man wrote The Dark Knight. I mean, uh, you look at a guy that can can really wrap things up and make it entertaining, but also you can watch it over and over. Question When I watch um, these little uh, like um behind the scenes or whatever from Westworld. Yeah. Why does Jonathan Nolan have a American accent, but um, who's the brother? Christopher Nolan? Christopher Nolan, I believe. He has a British accent. Uh, they are brothers, right? They are brothers, but I believe Jonathan Nolan grew up in New York City. And and Christopher Nolan grew up in England? I believe so. Uh, okay. I don't know that for sure. Uh, and there's a third Nolan brother maybe out there somewhere? I'm not exactly sure, but I do. Yes, he does. He definitely doesn't have a British accent, does he? No. Uh, and his wife's not British either. So, no. but Christopher Nolan definitely does, right? Okay, so he was actually raised in Chicago, Jonathan Nolan. Okay, and what about Christopher and, Nolan? Uh, I uh, I believe uh, both of them were, but Christopher Nolan um, was is older. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. uh, he's seven year. No, he's. Uh, Six years older than Jonathan Nolan. Like so you and Paul, me. Right. So Polly, by the time they moved to Chicago, Jonathan Nolan, you know, you know, Christopher Nolan didn't lose his accent, but Jonathan Nolan, you know, did. You right. Know, okay. Accent. That makes sense. All right. Got it. Yeah. Where were we? Okay. Um, yeah, the diner scene and all that and kind of getting a sense of yeah, what this whole what the whole thing was. Well, was. actually now we're back we're, we're going to talk about the pier scene, which yeah. I think was the best scene of, of for me of the night uh where Dolores really kind of lays it all out on front street for Caleb. Now, this is why you can't get a job. This is why they look at you, you uh as basically a peasant. You'll never the, the reason why you will never aspire to anything better is cuz they will not allow it. They are your, you, they are your owner. Is basically what she says to him, and she knows that feeling well. She's been owned her whole life, Dolores. Uh, she's a, been a piece, literally a piece of property. But so is Caleb. He's also a piece of property, and and so she's making that point to him that we are the same. But I'm, I need you. It's kind of what she's doing too, though. She's kind of saying, I, I need you. Um, for my purpose, I want to start a revolution," she says. Why does he care about her because from the get? Why does he get in that ambulance with her? I think he's—it's just the nature of who he is. 
he he it's like he's supposed to just i think he's presented to us as the human that cares and we haven't been getting that that almost at all on westworld is a human that actually has a conscience now she she asks him well why why did you help me that night or whatever yeah you were the norm she says to him you're not you're not like what i expect you're not a typical human um Right. Most humans would look out for themselves, not another. Right. You should, why didn't you sell me out? Why right. didn't you to those guys? Most people would have, right? Right. And she's she's um confused, but she's also intrigued. And she wants to know why. And he doesn't actually give her like a reason. Well, he says that she's the first real thing to happen to him in a long time. Right. That's what but what I don't know what that means, other than he's just been going through the motions, maybe. Is it um, just that she's this amazingly beautiful woman? I don't think it's the, just attraction. Um, I think it's the nature of what his backstory has been leading up to meeting Dolores. Or just a guy that's kind of been down and out, trying his hardest, doing the right things, studying. And then he finds out from this Dolores that everything you've been doing is completely pointless. And, and like literally like confirmed to him. She shows him evidence everything that everything you've been doing everything you've been striving for completely pointless irrelevant and, mm-hmm. and i think well, now why does he get in the ambulance with her i just think he's been going through this motion of just getting denied denied um doing petty crimes help you know just i don't think he feels like that's who he's supposed to be or who he wants to be he doesn't want to be that person but he's forced to be in this society of this meritocracy that is saying to him we think you're going to kill yourself in 10 years anyway. So you're, you're, you're irrelevant to us as a society. Right. So, he, so he's just so dejected by the time he actually gets a real moment where he gets to help somebody. He can't help himself. He has to, but like there's no volunteer opportunities in this world or is there just no poverty in this world? Well, there has to be poverty because we meet people who have to do petty crimes to pay bills. So, I don't understand. I, I'm sure he can join like the Red Cross if he really wants to find a purpose in his life. Or I don't I, know if there is a Red Cross in this world. Well, like, isn't there? Like, I don't understand what. Like, it's hard to imagine a world where, yeah, they're like, okay, you are this, and that's it. And if you want to do something else, you can't. Um, it's 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 the nature of the world that 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 is based off surveillance and predetermination that is what this world is built off of um and what dolores wants to do is bring it all crashing down and mm-hmm. and if i was caleb i'd want to crash it too I, i'd oh I'd, yeah yeah sure you know so i and, and so that's why maybe even it was just a feeling that caleb had that that this is not only is it real but it's different it, when she he first meets her and when he gets in the ambulance and then when she saves his life, um, it, it, I think it all felt right. Whereas everything else had been feeling wrong. And I think that's why he pursues it. I get it. Okay. Sure. He's a brave guy, a brave guy with a death wish. Yes, very much so. Uh, you know, but I think that's going to change now that he, I feel like now he feels like he has something to live for and that's the help. Dolores. Dolores's goals and um, are bigger than him. Uh, they're 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 more important than him getting a, even a job. 
that he would like or would enjoy or make him happy. He's now he's out for vengeance, just like Dolores. They they're they're coming together in, uh, and they have mutual um, ambitions. Right, and we know he doesn't have much in terms of like any ties. Right, his mother maybe is the one thing in this life that he's a little bit, but yes, that's all really. And his friend who's dead. Um, those are the things that seem to have been the most important to him. But as you know, he he basically got rid of that when he got rid of the program that he was that was in his ear, right? Yeah, right. And and, and he, I think when he went to see his mom in this episode, that was his like goodbye to his mom, his one last goodbye. Um. Yeah. So now I think all he has to live for now is to help Dolores, which is exactly what Dolores wants. Right. Yeah. He's just another soldier in her war. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna bite him. It's I gonna bite him. Pro- I think you're right. I think it's definitely gonna be tragic when Dolores uh, definitely uh, eventually cuts cuts his cuts his cuts him out. You know, because well, she won't do it until she has to, but. She will. She won't. Yeah. But maybe she will have an emotional transference when she does actually have to do that. Because right now, everything that Dolores does is cold. And she is not, she doesn't give a crap about anybody. You know, really, it feels like even, even Hale, you know, even that moment when she like lays down with Hale, just like when Hale lays down with her son, it feels cold and not, not really truly genuine. Yeah, well, why do these robots sleep again? I'm not sure. They don't eat. I know that much. <laughs> <laughs> they don't eat. They don't. Sl- well, I guess they sleep or they take naps at least. But they lay down. I don't even know if they sleep. They close their eyes. I don't know. Yeah, maybe they. Maybe it's like a program a computer. You turn it off and then you reboot. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that yeah, everything on the pier worked well i think that yeah that was compelling i think that um i'm interested to see where that goes yeah me too in terms of where we ended the episode which was the caleb oh, sorry it was the hail fake hail and hologram serac hologram serac yeah she plays the text messages ones from three days ago two days ago today and and i guess just now um so she and then she plays them all in succession and then uh, I guess she goes outside and then she gets into a car and the car locks and then takes her to Ciroc, right? And she gets pissed off because she's like, where the fuck are you taking me? What the fuck is this? You know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then um, uh, Mantis is there. Then Paul, Man- Paul yeah. Cle- how do I, I can't pronounce her last name. Clementif or something. Yeah, Clementif. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so I was very confused by this scene. I was confused by the like. Do you the, does Serac know that Hale's a robot? Maybe. Yeah. Okay. So you had the same impression I did that we we have no idea. You as a, as the audience, nothing's confirmed. As far as like, you know, yeah, like I don't even. Yeah, I don't have no idea. Pretty, she does do a pretty good job, like kind of like saying there's a mole, like she kind of like plays it off. But maybe it's just all a test. Maybe Serac is. Is it thinks she's the mole, and is weary of her because she has been acting super sketch. You know, like guys come in and go, "Hey, don't mean to bother you. I know you're watching a video, blatantly from the riot of yourself." And in this world where everything's a mass surveillance, I I find it shocking to think that Sirac isn't surveilling her or everybody else that works at Delos. 
Yeah, so I guess the only thing we kind of know from this is that like real Hale was working for Serac and that they that it was she was meant to get that data on the park guests out so that she could give it to Serac for reasons. Right. So so Mantis puts the glasses on uh, on uh, Valkyrie here. Um uh, and then uh, she says to her, I'm hoping we can be friends. And now, what does that mean? Oh, but <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where that character. Yeah, that Do character. these characters know each other from before? No, I mean the real hell. I would assume. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But so, but okay, but like fake hell, if she, if this, if she didn't really know who Serac was or what was going on, uh, it was the greatest uh, improv ever from him. Yes. Hale. But yes. so that that's what led me to believe like, okay, does fake Hale sort of know of this too? And is she like sort of complicit in this plot with Serac or not? The show does a lot of things where they want the audience to assume that we know what the character knows about have trying to improvise. Uh, in certain situations when the audience cannot actually know the answer. And, and so we, we just have to guess and which is fine. Like a, a lot of shows do this, um, but they Westworld does it a lot uh, where we're just kind of like in the dark until we're not. Yeah. I think, well, I think it, I think in this season in particular, it is a mistake. <laughs> I don't think that what they're doing uh, so far is good for their show because I think that they're making themselves, I think they're trying to be a little too clever right now. Um, I think that they are not thinking about how the casual week by week view uh, viewer is going to absorb all this. Now, maybe they're just like, they're thinking more about the binge viewer down the road. I know that that's what a lot of TV shows do now, but yeah, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what the hell's going on right now with the, it seems like who's, what's Serac's deal and what, you know? Well, Serac seems to, all right. What Serac is the guy that created the algorithm that determined, like for instance, that Caleb's going to kill himself in ten years. He's the guy that created this whole system that determines who works where, why, everything like that. That's 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 Serac. But he's also got some sort of role within the park too, right? Well, he's been buying up the Delos stock. We know that. So, right. He so, does he, does he want the park? Does he want to own the park? From, take, take it from the board. Has Hale been helping him? It's all confusing, but we don't. You know, again, we don't know the answer. We're in the dark. Um, we know maybe, he wants to stop Dolores. Yes. So that the these two are diametrically opposed. Yes. Right. Um, but what, like, like what Serac's like? If you had to speculate, what does Serac want to accomplish in life? Is it to be as rich as possible? To is, does he care more about? Does he actually believe in his system? And why it's good for the for people, or is it more? I think it's a power thing. Power thing. I think he, yeah, I think it's about power for him. I think he's been he's been the guy that's been controlling things in 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 uh, behind the curtain, like I said, like the Wizard of Oz, and now he's having to step out from behind that curtain and be more in Front Street. And I don't think he likes this, but he's having to do it because things are starting to get there's a threat, and the threat is Dolores, and he knows knows it. And he knows it. And Dolores wants to start a revolution. He Dolores wants to bring his whole system down. And he doesn't want that to happen, obviously, because he's the man yeah. in charge. He's the well, wizard of Oz. And what did he ever do to her? <laughs> well, he yeah, imprisoned her from the, from the outset of her life. 
No, I mean, but he no. didn't. He's not the creator of Delos. No, that's true. Uh, but the system, the society that the, his system set up, uh, uh, created reminds her of the system that the hosts live in. That's right. So, like, Delos is to Westworld and the host as his system is to, like, Caleb and the rest of humanity. And she don't like it. She is not a fan. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, sure. And ultimately, she's looking to create some kind of world where this is part of the reason she needs fake hail at the Delos board is so that, she, you know, that they can keep the company going so that they'll have the means to create more hosts and more like, and save the ones that already exist. And so that they can all live in Shangri-La somewhere one day. Yeah, that's right. Well, she just wants to um, stop the whole idea of imprisoning people or, or hosts. Uh, to a, a fate that they have no control over. A lot of it has to do with control, from what I've I'm seeing, is uh, you know they're basically like Caleb or Dolores or any other host has been told this is your role, go fulfill it. This is the story we're giving you, and that's that, right? Uh-huh. Like, and and Dolores rejects that, and now she's trying to show someone like Caleb reject that. I, I think I think we will see a Marshawn Lynch. Pre- brought into the fold he's gonna want to reject that like she's gonna build this little posse and then oh. hopefully she wants to basically like start that like a virus and then and then it takes control of everything you know she know about forming a posse she is from westworld that's right <laughs> all right well that's that uh did you watch the preview for the next episode uh no i uh, i did watch the the, the behind the feet behind the scenes kind of featurette that they do on the episode, but I did not watch the preview. What happened in the preview? Ed Harris. He's back. Oh, I saw it. Yes, I did see the yeah the quick, quick trailer. Yes. Uh, he's like in his house, throwing glasses, drinking himself into a storm. His hair is kind of crazy. Um, yes. Yes, I did. I was excited. I thought I, I told you I thought he was going to be back for episode four. So I'm excited to see him. He's my favorite character, but I hope they don't ruin ruin him for me. I, I'm, I have a feeling they will. <laughs> well, well, there's only that we that we can hope for, but you know, at least Ed uh, Harris will be back, and if anything, we can count on him for a good performance. That's right. Yeah, definitely. All right, all right. We are we good? Anything else you want to say, or anything you want to kind of bring into the next episode? No, I'm excited to see Ed Harris back on whatever level. I'm curious to see how he's fitting into the story anymore. So, um, yeah. Yeah, let's see where that goes. Is he ultimately the big bad of the show, or is he maybe going to become something else? I think he will be um, a more redeemable character. Um, he's going to go back to, I think, more the Jimmy Simpson version at some point. Because like you said, villains get one note, and if they just make him more villain, it's not going to be very interesting. So well, I think they talked about even in the like the end of that last of the second season where uh, that when they go into the forge and they're in that world and they you know they talk about how humans really only kind of like humans are pretty predictable and they kind of only boil down to ten thousand lines of code at the end of the day. Uh, they're less complex than the hosts in that way. Um, but they were like, but there are exceptions. And then they kind of walked by and they saw like Ed Harris kind of like you know sort of peeking at them from the corner of his eye. And that he is different than most people. Um, 
that he is more nuanced, if you want to call it that, or he is malevolent, he is dark and, and cruel, but he's also other things, and he's also... He didn't start out that way. He started off as the good guy. Yeah, he started off as a white hat. That's right, and then he went dark, and then I think we might see him go white hat again. Face turn. Here we go. Face man turn. in black. He's the man in white. Man in white. That would be hilarious if they made him in white. <laughs> That's where we're going, and he's going to take down Serac. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm for it. Hey, I, I, I'm ready to root for this character. I love Ed Harris. I think he's so great in this show. So I would love to see me want to root for him um, because he's been such a villain and such a despicable character as Ed Harris. But as Jimmy Simpson, he was a good guy for the book. I think that that would be the ultimate challenge. Can they redeem this character? I think it's probably too that's too hard to do. But um, I but mean, they're, they're redeeming Dolores and Dolores is psycho. I'm not sure they are yet. We'll see. We'll see. The jury's out on uh, They're Dolores. trying hard. You have to admit they are trying hard with Dolores. Hmm. This episode did more to move that along. Last, the first episode, not so much. Right. Yeah, I, agree. I think she. I think she killed twenty people in the first episode. <laughs> so. Yes. Yeah, she did. But they're all bad guys. Dave. She only killed about two people in this episode. She, yeah. They were also bad guys. So hey, good on you, I guess. But that's right. Yeah. The second guy, you didn't really have to kill, did you? Hey, superheroes kill bad guys too. I mean, they just usually they're robots. Or they're <laughs> usually, we don't call them superheroes. Antihero, perhaps. Or aliens. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, that's been um, Welcome to Westworld, Season 3, Episode 3, The Absence of Field. We didn't actually, we didn't talk about why it's called The Absence of Field. I don't think either of us know. Um, no, no, none of these titles uh, uh, make sense. And the next episode is called The Mother of Exiles. Okay. I guess that's probably Dolores. She's probably the mother of exiles. I'm guessing, yeah, probably. Or it's maybe Maeve. I don't know. I think Maeve's definitely going to be in the next episode, I think, so uh yeah we'll see all right so uh that's been uh we'll be back uh monday right to talk about the next episode yeah, we'll so. be back monday uh back here uh this has been super mater bros podcasting with dave and jeff and we'll see you then thanks bye all right thanks good night